When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This here's a champ for all the fellas. Try to do what those ladies tell us. Get shot down because you're overzealous. Play hard to get females, get jealous. Okay, smarty, go to a party. Girls are scantily clad, are showing body. A chick walks by, you wish you could sex her, but you're standing on the wall like you was Poindexter. Next day's function, high class luncheon. Food is served in your stone cold munching. Come strong, people start to dance, but then you ate so much, you nearly split your pants. A girl starts walking, guys start gawking, sits down next to you and starts talking. Says she wanna dance because she likes the groove, so come on, fat so and just bust the move. Hello and welcome back to Bleeding Blue, a New York football giants history show, history podcast. My name is Justin, and with me as always is my friend Snacks. Snacks, we have an exciting episode today. Um, we're rolling on with draft month on Bleeding Blue, Giants History Podcast. We're rolling on with draft month. Um, today, we are talking about some scouting reports from Eli Manning and Lawrence Taylor. The one that was uh, written on Eli Manning was written by Ernie Acorsi. A lot of people have probably already read it, but we're going to – I've never seen it. You said you've read it kind of before, so we're going to bring it up back into the space. And we also have um, some stories of mid – 90s draft bus from Ernie Palladino in If These Walls Could Talk. Snacks, thank you for joining me. How are you doing? Doing well. Uh, well, no, I'm not. No, you're not all. well. I'm you, not you just well. lied. I did. Um, at least I call it myself. Mm-hmm. A couple things that I want to get off my chest. Yes, I'm in a lot of pain. A ton of pain, actually. I went to Florida, as I think we mentioned last week. Um, or maybe we didn't. I don't know. But I went to Florida from Tuesday. And my father and I decided that we want to stay an extra night. So we stayed till Saturday instead of leaving on Friday. And um, I drank a lot of booze. I got a lot of sunburn. I got no sleep. I ate like shit. And now I'm going to feel it until I'm 30 years old, which is very soon anyway. Um, So, yeah, I'm not doing well at all. So if my energy level is low, I'm sorry to the viewers. Um, But I will try and get it. I will. It's going to be a great episode no matter what. Um, another thing you said, my friend snacks, and you normally say my, my, one of my best friend snacks. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if I did something wrong. I mean, it's nine o'clock on Sunday, the day before this episode comes out. That's yeah, true. We're shot. That's, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> you know what? I will say though, we're going to get into it. I'm looking at you. Cause this is one of the first times that I'm really looking at you. We were talking for a few minutes before, like, like we usually do. We got to catch up. Yes. You do look like shit. Your eyes look like shit right now. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I look really bad. Like above, like, it's above your eyes too. Yeah, it's it's everywhere, Justin. It's everywhere. I, I couldn't even I couldn't even get up to, to gel my hair for for you guys, which I've I've tried to do every every episode, look handsome and respectful. Um, but no, it's just not one of those situations. And before we get into everything, the Knicks are back, Penkin. Okay, mm-hmm. they are. And I'm not saying this lightly. They are one of the five best teams in basketball, and we have a real shot of a championship this year. And Julius Randle's the MVP of the league. Had to get it off my chest. <clears throat> so, 
So if Paul's watching, Paul's a big Knicks fan, he'll, he'll say it. So. You have no comment? 2003. This is a college scouting report. You are such an asshole. <laughs> on Eli Manning. So, um, Ernie Acorsi sent a scouting report to the Mara family on why the Giants should reach out, reach out for or reach out for Eli Manning. And this article, uh, I don't know if it's an article that includes the letter and it's yes. called, it's from like the big picture. I'm sure a lot of people have, have put it out, but I'm reading it from uh, the big picture and he includes the subject, a Corsi's note from to Mara from Ole Miss from 2003. I'm going to read the whole thing because it's so good and it's, it's so worth it's, it. It really is great. Wears a left knee brace during pregame warmup. Didn't look like he had a rocket arm. Now, I'm going to stop right here. I'm going to stop a few times as we read this. Yeah, we should. Did Eli, Eli never, I never found Eli wearing a left knee brace during pregame warmup. I don't, I don't remember that. Maybe it was just an old Miss thing. I, I love that, def- that he puts that in there, though. Like, just that's being, the first thing. He's eyeing this, this son of a bitch down and noticing everything. So that was, that, that's funny to me. You were about to say, motherfucker. I was about to say that. Wow, I caught myself. You're a new man. Florida changed you. Let me get it out of the way. Motherfucker. Okay. Didn't look like he had a rocket arm. However, as the game progressed, I saw an excellent arm strength under pressure and the ability to get velocity on the ball on most throws. Good deep ball, range, good touch, good vision, and poise. I'd say that's certainly true, especially good touch. Um, Did have good touch. I will say. I will say, and he's going to talk about the poise very soon. I will say, or very, you know, we were rewatching the you know, Super Bowl 42, Super Bowl 46, um, especially watching Eli towards the latter end of his career with the Giants. He did have a decent amount of arm strength. Like there was zip on his balls towards the first part of his career. And really how he played towards the latter end of his career, didn't he didn't do himself he did himself like a disservice or he did a lot of the people that judged him on the second half on his entire career based off of how he finished it. Yeah. Um, which, is, which, right. is, which is bullshit. And yeah. I was a little, I was a little thrown off about the arm strength comment too, because I always thought Eli did have a pretty, I don't not He didn't have a Brett Favre arm, but it definitely he wasn't was, like a Chad Pennington arm. He was more or less a, a better touch thrower than he was like a natural great arm strength guy. But he had, I mean, and Ernie, of course he says it here. It's like, it's 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 solid, yeah. Not a rocket arm, right? Right. But he he wasn't Chad Pennington. I don't know right. if you remember Chad Pennington. He was just like, he was a noodle arm, dink and dunk. That was it. I like Ernie Chad Corsi, Pennington. Ernie Corsi goes on, sees the field, in a shotgun on most plays, and his only running option is a draw. The offensive line is poor. Redshirt freshman left tackle Eli doesn't trust his production. Sound familiar? Mm. Can't. No way he can take any form of a deep drop and look downfield with no running game, 10 yards rushing the first half and, and no real top receivers. He's stuck with three deep, three step drops and waiting till the last second to see if a receiver can get free. No tight end either, no flaring back. So he's taking some big hits, taking them well, carried an overmatched team entirely on his shoulders. I imagine except for a Vanderbilt team, his team is overmatched in every single SEC conference game and snacks. Does that not sound exactly like who Eli Manning was towards, especially when he was his best in two, 2011? Spot on. It yeah. really is. It's, 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 I, I think I've used the, this word a million times on this show. It's eerie. 
He's big, never gets rattled, rallied his team from a 14 to three halftime deficit all by himself, led them on two successive third quarter drives to go ahead 17 to 16. I don't know what game he's talking about here. I don't yeah, think I don't he ever think mentions it. it. No, don't think he ever mentions it. No. The first touchdown on a 40 yard streak down the left sideline. He dropped the ball over the receiver's right shoulder, called the next touchdown pass himself, checking off to a 12, 12 yard slant. This is what's also interesting. Makes a lot of decisions on play calls at the line of scrimmage but they ask too much of him. They don't let him just play. This is a guy they should just let play. Now, what's interesting about this is this is what, especially early in Eli's career, I didn't feel Eli Manning was at his best unless he was calling plays out the line of scrimmage. Like when he was going no huddle in the two-minute drill, even early in his career, he was at his best and most efficient. Yep. It's like he knew the playbook better than the offense coordinator and he just shined in the two, four minute, you know, two to four minute offense. And it was, he was literally like a night, night and day quarterback um, from the rest of the game. And then the, the two to four minute offense. So uh, yeah, that's another thing that's pretty spot on from Ernie. So frustrating how they didn't let him do that more. Mm. It, I, ne- it just I, made never, I never got that. Like why not run an up-tempo style? You clearly saw that your franchise quarterback is better suited that way. Well, at least with the Corsi, and I'm sure, you know, Corsi and Coughlin, you know, they drafted Eli together. Maybe they both thought this like early in Eli's career that, you know, if they saw him coming out of college, like we just need to let this kid play and he shouldn't be doing this at the line of scrimmage. Maybe that's what they thought. And that's kind of like uh, that maybe answers that question. I guess so. Still odd to me. This is also very accurate in my opinion. Of course, he goes on. When he's inaccurate, he's usually high, but rarely off target to either side. Remember when Eli Manning had such a, and this wasn't really an Eli Manning problem. It was like a wide receiver problem. But remember when Eli had so many interceptions off of like tips? Mm-hmm. Usually doesn't that happen when balls are maybe a little bit too high and it goes off the receiver's hands above their head. Usually those kinds of interceptions don't happen when you're throwing either to the right or to the left of a guy. Cause then those balls will just fall just to the ground. on the ground. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I find, I, I read that. I was like that. Hey, he, maybe that's, that's why he had like all those tipped interceptions, like right. 2000 teens. I think that's when that was happening. Yes. I think that's when he led the league twice Yeah, after 09 or whatever. Um, yeah. So just another, brilliant observation (laughs) play smart and with complete confidence doesn't scold his teammates but lets them know when they line up wrong or run the wrong pattern through three interceptions two were his fault trying to force something both times again he just doesn't mention what game he could have run on them fourth down play he has to he has a lot to learn okay summary I think he's the complete package. He's not going to be a fast runner, but a little like Joe Montana. He has enough athletic ability to get out of trouble. Remember how Archie ran in that department? Eli doesn't have the best genes, although never timed mom Olivia in the 40, but he has a feel for the pocket. He feels the rush. He throws the ball, takes the hit, gets right back up. Super Bowl 42. I was just going to say 2011 NFC championship game. That's what it, that well that was the first game I thought of was the the 2011 uh, championship game against San Fran where he just got dismantled all game yep. and kept getting back up. Has courage and poise. In my opinion, most of all, he has that quality that you can define. Call it magic. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. There was certainly a lot of magic in Eli's career with us. Mm-hmm. Mm. Get you get you get goosebumps. Like the fact that the general manager of the Giants that took this guy said this. Like mm-hmm. I, I I don't know if I don't know if you say that. I don't know if you just say that, especially if this no, is a letter to the owner. Right. You so you better that's all your eggs are in that basket now. So pretty pretty bold thing to say. As former Baltimore Colts defensive back Bobby Boyd told me once about Unitas, two things set him apart, his left testicle and his right testicle. <laughs> Again, this is, this, is, this is a GM scouting report being sent directly to the owner. <laughs> and we're, ta- we're talking testicles. Good name for a podcast. Um, <laughs> Snacks, you know the left one hangs lower than the right one, right? Is that so? Yes. If, Hold on if one second. It, if it doesn't, go, go get it checked out. All right, Snacks is going to go check. Wait, say something, Snacks. We got to see you checking. Oh, I think you're right about this. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Sorry if that was a little much for you guys. So, um, I, but I was very curious, and I know I would have forgot after. I'm looking at, I'm, I'm looking at, you're like on a quarter screen right now, and I'm looking at the article on my computer. So I'm going to be interested to see when I'm editing. Yeah, this, no, uh, it, it was nothing. There was nothing visibly shown or anything like that. It was just me testing out. So you, you felt your cojones. I did. I did. Not proud of them. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So if the left one doesn't hang lower than the right one, I, I, uh, I recommend you go get that checked out. Now, so. wait, wait, real quick, real quick, please. And I know you want, I, I, I want to finish this too. Where the fuck did you hear that? My father told me. Fathers are always right. That's right. I believe it. Peyton had much better talent around him at Tennessee, but I honestly give this guy a chance to be better than his brother. You know my feelings on that. I know you do. Peyton Manning is uh, overrated. One of the most overrated players in sports. Yes. In sports history. Love him. Great guy. Agree to disagree. Whatever. Eli doesn't get much help from the coaching staff. (laughs) (laughs) Colt. Wait, that's a, is that a dig at a Cutcliffe? Yeah, wasn't he the coach? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. If he comes out early, we should move up to take him. These guys are rare. You know, people will say he isn't confident. People will say he is socially awkward and incapable of leading. <laughs> My which, favorite part. Which fucking asshole Tiki Barber did say that. Um, they Fuck are him. wrong. They are wrong, Ernie Pal- Ernie Paladino. Ernie Paladino. Ernie, of course, he said they are wrong. This kid is a winner. Let's do whatever we can to get him. It will be the defining moment of this franchise. End of letter with love. And I'm making this part up with love. Ernie Accorsi. Now that whole scouting report. First of all, it's very funny to me. Um, Just like his straight to the point and just bluntness is is funny. And even this, some of the things he says, oh, I didn't time his mother in the 40, uh, Johnny Unitas, left testicle, right testicle. But he hits the nail on the head with almost every piece of information he gave to Mara. Yep. Literally, poise, courage, uh, Mrs. High, he said, right? Mm-hmm. Um, t- all these things, he outside, I guess some of you could argue that, you know, he said he has a chance to be better than his brother. Um, but other th- everything was spot on. And um, just a very, very cool scouting report. And I, I truthfully would love to see 
I know I don't. I think it's impossible because um, we didn't take the, either one of them. But I would have liked to seen his uh, his scouting reports on Roethlisberger and, and Rivers. Those thoughts are out there. You know, like, the, like there it, was um there was a uh, NFL top ten. I think you know let you know that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was an NFL top ten on maybe like draft day trades or number one picks or something like that. And those thoughts are definitely out there on, on how a Corsi ranked those guys. I think Big Ben was no. Yeah, I think the Giants were correct me if I'm wrong. This is where we're getting into bad territory of just relying on memory here. Yeah. I don't think Philip Rivers was on was on the Giants radar. I thought it was either Big Ben or Eli. I think they, so too. I think I've heard that before. I, then, I think <laughs> that San Diego was like, Yeah, we want Rivers. And they're like, right. Are you sure? Yeah. 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 <laughs> sure about that. <laughs> It's fun, and, and we should do everything we can to move up for him, and, and they did. And credit to, to Ernie for not giving up O.C. in that deal either. Yes. Oh, little fun fact. We'll not a fun fact. We probably, we probably mentioned that numerous times. But And he was a defining draft pick. He really was. He brought two, two of these Lombardis we have sitting in, in the hallways of, of, you know, garbage can MetLife Stadium. So, fuck. Love you, Ernie. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Ernie Accorsi. Sorry I called you Ernie Paladino. However, now, that's that's a compliment. That is a compliment. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Great rest man. In, rest in power. Paradise, some say. Is that what they say? Rest in, rest in paradise, rest in power. I mean, Well, I don't know. I'm going to hell, so. Tomato, tomato. No. You, already, you already look like hell. Thanks. I know. You're halfway there. I feel like, I feel like hell. All right. All right. That's, you a, that's wanna... a fun scouting report. That was, that was fun. All right, we're gonna we're gonna kind of skim through this uh, this LT one. Now, what's interesting about the Lawrence Taylor one? This is a New York Times article that I'm reading. It was by William N. Wallace, April twelfth, nineteen eighty one. Now, this was about maybe two weeks, two two and a half weeks before the NFL draft in nineteen eighty one. I believe the nineteen eighty one NFL draft was April twenty eighth to April twenty ninth in nineteen eighty one. So all of this was done and. You know, the New York Times being done a couple of weeks before the draft. And I can imagine it's it's it. This is a this is kind of like with the Giants uh, perspective, so to speak. So, so to speak, a blue chip, a number one all the way. Tom Boyster, director of player personnel, the Giants, as good as any of I, as I've seen. He may even have an S emboldened on his chest. And that's Mike Hickey, director of player personnel for the New York Jets. Now. Do you want to say that the S, what it stands for? Superman. Okay, good. Yeah, you never know. Maybe some people may not know who Superman was. It's true. I've also never seen a movie in my life, so. There you go. The best athlete I've ever coached, Mel Foles, assistant coach at North Carolina. He said that. A great, great player. We called him Godzilla. Now, um, I don't understand that reference. Did Did you finish watching a Godzilla and Kong? No, not yet. I haven't even started yet. Why would you call a football player Godzilla? When Godzilla has short arms. And I don't think <laughs> I don't think Godzilla is very agile. I mean, maybe I give him maybe I maybe I gotta re, I gotta I gotta look at the tape, Ben McAdoo. Um, I gotta rewatch the movie again. Cause I, I think Kong is just the uh, all around the the much better athlete, mover, um, and warrior. Yeah, maybe. How was the movie, by the way? I was half paying attention. I didn't understand some of the references because apparently there was like three different movies like before. Oh, um, man, I'm fucked. 
Uh, no, I mean, really, I don't really, I don't really care for that. Kind if of you shit, watch so. the movie, if you watch the movie for the purposes of, I'm gonna watch this to see just a badass lizard and a badass gorilla fight each other, then watch it, and it's and it's a fun time. But if you're yeah. gonna watch it to like, you want to like enjoy like, oh, my camera's falling. I knew that was gonna happen. Yeah. If you want to watch it to like, genuinely watch a good movie, don't watch it. Okay, good. I'll watch The Irishman instead. Please, and please as do. Mike, as Mike Francesa would say, gorilla. So. We live in a world now where you are going to be more concerned with the gorilla than you are the little boy. What's wrong with you people? Yeah. (laughs) So he's a great, great player. They called him Godzilla, Barry Switzer, and he was the head coach at Oklahoma. Lawrence Taylor. He is the player from North Carolina. Taylor, um, George Rogers of South Carolina, and Pittsburgh's Hugh Green. They were, they are the three most desirable athletes in the forthcoming draft, the 336 college athletes by the National Football League's 28 teams. Taylor, who played at end in college, but is projected as an outside linebacker, stands six feet, three inches, weighs 245 pounds and runs 40 yards in 4.7 seconds, sometimes 4.6. That is fast, fast for a flanker or a running back and incredible for a linebacker. Isn't that crazy? It really is. That John hey, Ross. Gen- <laughs> John Ross feels like a four to four point. I, just, dude, the, guy was, the, the guy was a genetic freak. And I guess when you do so much cocaine and you're always like, you know, blasted out of your mind, you'd probably run a little faster. But still, that is. I just... don't think he did cocaine yet. You don't think so? No. You think he picked it up later? I think he picked it up later. I got a bridge to sell you. Am I wrong? I would assume. I mean, I he was in college. Were... I think New York, not, I mean, did MJ not go? Well, well, here, MJ went to the same school, right? He did, yes. Holy shit, yeah. The two greatest players of their sports history went to UNC, and I hate UNC. When did MJ go? What years? Uh, Well, he got drafted. I can tell you got an MJ poster. Hold on. Snacks is getting the MJ poster. Snacks loves Michael Jordan. Big fan. Well, his first year with the Bulls was 1985, so I would assume, and I think he played four years there too. Um, or I so I think as that. soon as LT left, it's possible that MJ kind of came. You, you were asking if they overlapped. Yeah, um, I don't think so. Because MJ uh, did MJ not talk about during the last dance that it was like a very I don't want to say toxic, but very much not like his overall style of life at at UNC in terms of the social life. Um, I don't, to be honest, I, I really don't remember much. Are you about fucking ta- kidding me? I, I know. I don't remember him talking much about UNC. You really got to watch it. I'm sorry. I, 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 is... I literally just referenced what he said about UNC in the last dance. You said, did you, did you, I thought you said, did he talk about it? No, Meaning I, he didn't I think, watch it. I think he did. I think he did oh, talk oh, about okay, it. Okay. You said and I was asking, it. I was asking you for confirmation. Jeez, I'm what? sorry. I don't, I don't remember. Bad radio. You're, you're unbelievable listen i'm in pain you are in pain like this is my flu game right now you you yeah, shut shut up <laughs> you, you you need you look like you gotta you gotta snort up some coke to get ready for this you ain't kidding yeah um so may, maybe you're right you know the, thinking about what mj said and how and how at least that was the basketball team and you know maybe the party atmosphere at unc was something to something to behold but there's a little bit it's, it's later it's later in this article that why i think that he picked it up in new york because why i think he picked it up in new york is because it was like crack in the 80s not crack yeah yeah crack cocaine 
Um, crack in the 80s, you know, powdered cocaine too, in, included in that, the spread of that. And New York City, New York City was a dump in the 80s. It's not like it's not like it's not like it is right now. What's it now? It's less of a dump. All right, fair. It's less of a dump. Okay, we're going to skip a little bit. He has all pro potential, says Billy Curry, the <laughs> Georgia Tech head coach who was a player and a coach in the NFL for 13 seasons. He destroyed our offenses, top players thoroughly tested. The object of these compliments has been on the run lately since Taylor played in his last football game, the East West Shrine charity game in Palo Alto, California, January 10th. He, uh, whoa, this article, and also, if I'm going to, if you want to look up this New York Times article and you read it, it's almost like the, the English in this article is there. It's, it's very, very bad. It's like weird sentence structure, <laughs> random thoughts. So since January 10th, he has been to Dallas, Philadelphia, San Francisco, Tampa Bay, and New York twice to have his body inspected and his mind probed by potential future employers. The NFL scouting combines are the sponsors of these thorough physical examinations for the top 100 players. This is a quote that I find very fascinating that Lawrence Taylor says, we're like a bunch of cattle. Taylor said the other day during an interview on campus, checking every little bump. If there's a bump, they know where it's at. They know everything about you. They know more about me than I know about myself. I guess I guess if they're going to invest money in you, they have to do things like that. Um, that is kind of crazy how well NFL teams know you and how much they can vet you. They, they, it's like they know you better than you know yourself. Yeah. And you know, I, I always love those random questions that leak about what an NFL team asks these players. Like, was your mother ever a prostitute? Are you, are you kidding me? What is wrong with people? They got a vet. I mean, it, I, I, I get you got a vet, but some, but some of the ones that have come out are just insane. Anyway, it's been normalized. Yeah, I guess so. So all this to command a three-year contract with the total worth of about seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. Crazy. <laughs> It really is. He's talking about how he's enjoying himself. He's enjoying the process. He's enjoying or he's enjoying each other. He's been to over to South Carolina a lot, um, which I believe that's where he was from. He's uh, a lot of talk about how his agent has helped him like get a loan from the bank. He took a loan from a bank in Los Angeles. The agent helped him get the loan. Um, it's not unusual for agents to advance funder to their clients, which I thought that was kind of an interesting perspective too on the football field. No one had Taylor on a string. Lawrence has great speed, great natural ability, things you just don't coach, said Mel Foles, the North Carolina linebacker coach. He also has a great awareness, a concept of what the offense is trying to do. He is highly intelligent and can decipher the different blocking schemes. That's why the the pros are so interested in him. His best asset when we used him that way was in rushing the passer. He was so strong. There was not a single back we faced that could handle him. Um, and then they talk about specifically, there were some big plays that he made um, against Oklahoma. Um, Taylor, Lawrence Taylor, like saved games against Texas Tech. Um, so they go on, long article, but I think it's a, this is, a, you would enjoy this. I think it's a great compliment when people compare me to someone like Hugh Green, Taylor said. He played great for all four seasons. I only had one good year, which is true. They talk about in this article, which fun fact about Lawrence Taylor, it took him quite a while to like get up to speed and to really make that transformation because he was a late bloomer. His first two seasons at Chapel Hill were, were indistinguished, and he was known as a loud, undisciplined person who spent a lot of time in the local pool halls. can see that. 
late in his junior year, the transformation began. I began to get my act together. When we, when people start noticing you some, that gives you something to live up to. I didn't want to let anyone down, especially myself. Taylor's act was extraordinary during his senior year, one that brought him All-American honors, an election that was uh, as the most valuable player in the Atlantic Coastal Conference, ACC, um, an honor that usually goes to a running back. So that's why I inferred that he got his act together so he wasn't doing anything extracurricular, but I could be wrong. Well, maybe isn't that the opposite, though? He got his act together and maybe gave the extracurricular up a little bit. Maybe. Just a theory. Maybe he picked up the extracurricular that helped him become a Hall of Fame player. Well, you know what? There you go. That's a great point, and I think you're right. I'm going to take back what I said, and I'm going to tell you, and I hate doing this, you're right. And that, that shit ain't easy. When you're one way for, for, for a while and to just flip that switch and then become the best football player ever, pretty damn impressive. The interview was over, and Taylor said he was going to get, uh, go out and play a little golf. He asked the visitor, you say you're from New York? Then I expect I'll be seeing you again soon. Mm. Mm. And I'm sure he did. Ah, Really was a specimen, huh? I wish we got to see him play. Just hearing some of those things that they were saying about him and whoever the dope that said he has the potential to be an all-pro. Um, yeah. Okay, just an all pro, huh? Um, you ever you ever think that you're ever going to run into Lawrence Taylor on a golf course? You ever have that dream? Like, what would you do? The golf courses I play at, he ain't playing at. <laughs> I could tell you that much. What would I do? That's a really good. I have no idea. I I am a you know I don't say this to, to say oh I'm I'm some tough guy. I don't get like starstruck. Very very few people would starstruck me. I get nervous around you. Mm, don't blame you. I'm a psycho. Could kill you at any point. But uh, Lawrence Taylor would would send me shockwaves through my body. Shockwaves. It's like when I met Eli for the first time. I don't know what to do with myself. I've met Eli twice. I think he was intoxicated for both occasions. Really? Oh, yeah. Autograph shows. I ah, think he was intoxicated. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure they always get hammered for those. Or he just had Eli, or he just has Eli face on all the time. <laughs> well, that's a that's a very distinct possibility. Um, that's fun. That was a that was that was a fun article, even though, like you said, maybe some bad grammar in there, but just a little background on on what what coaches and uh, execs around the league thought of the great Lawrence Taylor coming out of college. People didn't know how to write in the eighties. People only know how to write now. Well, like we said in the 80s, everybody was always stoned and everything, so. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. So I think we're going to do one or two stories. We're going to do one or two stories. Let's do it. Come on. All right. We haven't talked talked with Ernie Palladino in in forever. I'm going to paraphrase some of these stories. All right. So have you ever heard of uh, running back Tyrone Wheatley? Probably saying his name wrong. No, Tyrone Wheatley. That's his name. Tyrone Wheatley. Tyrone Wheatley. Try it again. Tyrone Wheatley. There you go. Wheaties. I have a box of Wheaties signed by Ozzie Smith. Really? Yeah, that's where that box of Wheaties is back there. That's funny. They also named Wheaties after Tyrone Wheatley. I don't think that's true. Look it up. Running back Tyrone Wheatley defined the word controversial from the moment he started his four-career Giants career as a first-round draft pick in 1995. Dan Reeves wanted Colorado's Rashawn Salam. Salam, it's not how you say that. 
Um, but Young was intent on picking Wheatley, who had a sturdy career at Michigan. So the Giants supposed supposed featured back of the future of the future started a step back in Reeves's mind, a fact borne out when the former Denver Broncos coach led off his draft day presser proclaiming the giants as the most argumentative organization with which he had ever been associated with. Is that not the most bizarre thing? Imagine, imagine, imagine the giants picked Daniel Jones in 2019, right? Right. Giants picked Daniel Jones in 2019. Pat Shermer walks up to the podium and it, you know, and behind the scenes, he wanted somebody different. He wanted drew lock, right? He got, he got what he wanted. Um, mm-hmm. Hypothetically, he wants drew lock. He walks up to the podium after they take Daniel Jones. And the first thing that he says is, I, I can imagine this isn't the first thing that he says, but one of the first things that he says is this organization. I don't get along with them. They don't listen to me, which <laughs> It kind of was true. Jordan Ronan confirmed that I'm talking. Yeah, to well, it, it, I know. I was I was just about to. You took the words like right out of my mouth. I'm like that. That is like a confirmed thing. <laughs> but that's yeah, bizarre. It, it's very bizarre. I can't believe something. You can't believe you came out and said it like that. Um, I'm also Dan Reeves is starting to grow on me. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. I don't think he got a fair shake because wow. those teams. Those teams post parcels and whoever that I, I, I at this point, I refuse to remember the name of the coach after Bill Parcells, because I think he is very much hated amongst Giants fans. And I don't even want to say his name. Don't Was even want to re- say his name. It's not worth it. I, you know who it is. No, I don't. I don't know his name. But was at it, this was point, it Ray I, Hanley? I don't want to talk about it. All right. I, I can't remember off the top of my head right now. I think it was Ray Hanley. I don't want to talk Go about ahead. it. Good. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. I don't think he got a fair shake because those teams after Parcells, you know, Sims starts to fade out a little bit and the teams were still somewhat competitive, having decent players that are stemming from the Super Bowl teams. So it's not like they had a dud of a year where they could possibly get a quarterback. Right. So I'm starting to get a little bit more on the Dan Reeves bandwagon hearing how um, some stories that we've heard from his camps his training camps and hearing how some of his players didn't work out. We're going to talk about, we're going to talk about uh, Tyrone Wheatley, but um, he was a disciplinarian. He was a hard ass, but he's starting to grow on me a little bit more that I don't think he got a fully great fair shake. And I could be wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong. I'm, I'm it sounds like it from the, from the stories we've read and everything, and yeah. especially, you know, if you don't have a, I, I know the GM always has final say, but if you don't even have a say in, what you think the team that you're coaching should do in the first round. I mean, yeah, that's, yeah. That, that ain't easy. George Young had some big misses towards the latter end of his tenure. I was, I was going to ask about that. Do you remember George Young's last year? Because was he going senile? Apparently uh, uh, he <laughs> does. It, it seem he had some big misses and, yeah, and, and Wheatley yeah. was one of them. So he had a big problem. He was dog fighting. And it was like hidden. Ooh. He hit it for a long time. He even he even mentioned like in an interview one time that he loves the sport and it like inspires him. He had pictures of his like three pit, pit bulls in his locker and he denied it. He denied it like, oh, you know, I, I like my pit bulls. I have my pit bulls. I love them, blah, blah, blah. But I, I don't participate in that. I don't participate in that. Uh, he struggled uh staying within like the the weight requirements the 233 pound uh weight requirement the quota um he uh also something that paladino mentions 
Apparently, you're in Dan Reeves's doghouse if you're injured. Nice, nice pun there. Because these two players, Wheatley, and then we're going to talk about Cedric Jones next. Um, Cedric Jones. Keep on saying Cedric. Cedric Jones next. Um, he meant Paldino mentions you're he was in Dan Reeves' doghouse because he had a hamstring injury during training camp. I'm like, oh. that's a thing. <laughs> well, <laughs> apparently, you know, I, I said nice pun. I gave you credit. You said doghouse. I'm just talking about dogfighting. Mm. Pretty funny. Dogfighting is not funny. I'm actually going to no. go. I'm going to go hold Benny and give him a lot of smooches after this episode. Yeah. So how he was, he was eventually linked in 2007 when PETA did the investigation on Michael Vick, he was linked. So that's when it was like fully confirmed. So even though he was around like in the mid nineties and all these speculations and rumors were going around the mid nineties, I think players sometimes suspected too. He was a weird dude. He was like a very, very weird dude. Um, He showed up, uh, he showed up, uh, he reported to training camp 17 days late. He was a very, very weird Dude, here's here's also something. Um, I'm gonna see if I can find it. Dan Reeves did not like him. Did not like him. Uh, he didn't want him. To be, he didn't want to pick him in the first place. So he probably that's you, right off the bat. You, you're not gonna be in his good graces. He had his own worldview, and it never quite jived with the team first all in attitude of the NFL. Quote: This is almost like the military. Wheatley said. Only thing about it, I'm not killing anybody. And it's got nothing to do with the money. They're paying me $1 million to play ball. We can go back to the days of guys being high and guys coming in drunk, failing in drug tests. When, when they come, when they come and show up on Sunday and play ball, they play ball. What the fuck? How do you, okay. So, so, so riddle me this, all these GMs and these front offices vet these guys and George Young who you know many consider one of the better general managers ever and he saved the New York Giants you mean to tell me he couldn't vet Tyrone Wheatley to figure out he's a fucking lunatic bad that's bad. very bad which by the way I, I wonder you know if there was a weight limit thing Ron Dane really uh oh yeah oh yeah that's why he <laughs> didn't play he his last season with the Giants that's why he just flat out didn't play because he, he so just fat. couldn't get in shape. And the, and the fun thing about Wheatley is that even fossil, who was a lot easier on the players, like we yeah, went he was more from, he was a players coach. Yeah. And we've talked about this over the summer, how the move from um, the move to fossil was very much like for that reason, because I think Reeves was a hard ass and players just didn't like it. And fossil was much more, like, hey, take it easy, kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah, and Shout then that, the that's yeah, and then that didn't that didn't work. That ended poorly, and they brought in another disciplinarian. So it's funny how that works. Yeah, they got rid of the disciplinarian, and then they brought in two schmucks. So it's almost like the president. You ever huh? think about that? It's almost like the president. How the president works. You know from what? from one end of the spectrum to the other end. Right, of the right, right. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's a good analogy. It's kind of crazy. That's a good analogy. All right, final bust we're going to talk about. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry, real quick. I, I, I know, I know. It's going to be quick, I promise. Tyrone Wheatley pay, played for the Raiders, and why do I feel like he was halfway okay with them? He was. He, he had was, a year, right? He had a year where he ran for over 1,000 yards and a year yeah. where he ran for like 900 yards, but for the Giants, he never had a season where he eclipsed more than like 583 yards. That had. I'm telling you, you know what? He was not bought in out of college, and having Dan Reeves, who didn't like him to begin with, Something just was not going to 
fix that right away. They so. probably let him dogfight in Oakland. Yeah, that's true. Like, they hey, you do this? You can do whatever the fuck Go you ahead. want in Oakland. Go ahead. God, I, you know what? If there was, a, if I, if I was forced, or if the Giants just decided never to be another team, I would, I would be a Raiders fan. I probably it. helped them build the the facility <laughs> for the dogs. That's fucked up that I just said that. A little bit, but that's fucked up. It's okay. Well, listen, I, I say fucked up shit all the time. I'm gonna get canceled one day. It's just, I, it's, it's not a matter of if; it's a matter of when. Did you know that Cedric Jones, who was, um. It's it's fun. It's funny how Paladino uh, Paladino uh, prefaces this with the blind side, and he says is as much responsible uh, for for turning Michael Strahan into a Hall of Fame player, Hall of Fame quality player, as anyone in the Giants organization. Um, Cedric Jones was an Oklahoma defensive end. He was a he he held the the school record for career sacks. Giants drafted him fifth overall in 1996. Did you know that he's blind in one eye? Is he really? How do you play football <laughs> if you're blind in one eye? Like fully blind or blurred vision? Uh, it, he says, he so, says blind. So here, so here's what Paladino had to say. Jones turned out to be something less than his scouting report uh, appraisals as the most complete player in the draft. Unbeknownst to the Giants, a team that had more than its share of busted picks over the years, Jones was blind in his right eye. That meant he couldn't see the ball off to the right unless he turned his head all the way around, which is a less than desirable way to start a play when you're facing a 300-pound tackle looking to block you in the next week. There's that shortcoming restricted him to the right side of the defensive line, typically the weak side, and that's where Strahan happened to play his first three years of his career. Huh. I mean, that's that's an interesting note, but I, I am I'm Did they blown. not know? Right, that's I was just going to ask, and this is George Young again, right? Yes. <laughs> wow, that's bad. That's they had to have known. I don't know. Paladino was not clear on that. Yeah, I, I wish Paladino was fucking alive. Um, rest in peace. Um, but that that in itself, I mean, you can argue utilitarianism. It it, it brought on the the greatest results, like the greatest end. Yeah. yeah. Right. Because then it forced Michael Strahan to be a strong side defensive end, where not only is he you know, going after the quarterback, going after the quarterback, but a strong side defensive end who is equally playing the run and where you also have, you know, strong side, you have a tight end on you. So Strain is not only fighting a tackle, but he's also fighting a tackle and a tight end through those double teams. And that is what made him a Hall of Fame player. Yes. So while Cedric Jones is a big time bust and he was blind in his right eye and he only had 15 career sacks with the Giants, it forced Strahan to go to the opposite side. And um, he was not happy about it to begin with. Oh, not happy. happy never happy about anything so he wasn't happy about it you're right very, <laughs> very big drama drama king he is um but cedric jones was a blessing in disguise he was so if they don't pick cedric jones does michael strahan become the hall of famer that he was i'd like to think he would eventually yeah, i do too yeah I know. but <laughs> i don't know i we don't can know spin it. we can spin it we can spin it that way so so while cedric was a but how many years did he play with us uh, i don't know i think i think like well, I know Wheatley played five. I mean, he had fifth. I think he had. I think it was five years, fifteen career sacks. That's and then brutal. he was for the fifth overall pick in the draft. Let me let me check. I can. I I, I knew I I knew I was going to need Pro Football Reference for something. I have it already open. Stud, because you're a stud, Justin. Stop. And while you look, I'll just say it again: the Knicks are back. I know you hate when I do this, so no, I did it again. 
just he, really happy. He played he played in 2000. He had three and a half sacks, 53 tackles. He was on the 2000 team. He was 1999. He had 1999. He had seven and a half sacks. He did not have a single sack in his first two years of his, two years of his career. Seven and a half is not a bad number. No. What number was he? They don't have a they don't have a snap count. He was number 94. On the 2000 team, I don't I don't remember him. Yeah, but 2000 was his last year though. He retired after that. He's like, I'm done. So he retired. He reti- he, so he had one stint in the NFL with the Giants, fifth overall pick, played yep. five years and retired. That's it. Huh. What a life. Threw a uh, Jim Fossil, threw him a party at the in the in the movie theater, and he retired. <sighs> Stop. Don't bring that up. I think you tweeted it out the other day about that. I did. Right? When the Tampa that was Bay funny, Rays. That was a good tweet. A when good the, tweet. And not a lot of people understood it because you got to listen yeah, to the show. Because they, they don't listen to the show, right? So er, it, this is from Ernie Paladino. Um, how. After the Giants won the NFC championship and lost the Super Bowl, Jim Fossil rented out a movie theater and threw a party for finishing second place. In, Absolutely. In the league. And in the reference, the tweet, it was because the uh, Rays posted the Rays, the Rays posted AL championship rings. They gave their players AL championship rings, which is one of the most pathetic things I've ever seen in my life. It's not as I think it's it, well. It's worse than the fossil party because you only get rings when you win titles. That's it. Okay, and, or if you stupidly get married, that's the only time you should get rings in life. <laughs> Not for second place, and that's one thing I, we have on the in the past, or at least I have. I have said how much I love. I love Jim Fossil. He was my first coach. Loved him, but and he still to this day has the my most favorite rant. Oh yeah. This team, if this is a poker game, I'm shoving my chips to the middle of the table. This team is going to the playoffs. Love how they were like seven and four. And he said, (laughs) I know, I know. What what did they, you had just lost like two games in a row and the sky's falling and okay, we're going to go plus. You know, shit, you fucking better coach. Or your ass is Players loved it. Players loved it. They did. They did love it. Fossil good, man. All right, snacks. You want to wrap this bitch up? That's the show. Um, Do we want to say what, what's coming up next week? No. No? no. Okay. okay. I like it's that. It's hopefully something exciting. I think it should be. And I think it's going to be something that a lot of people are familiar with. So I would hope so. I, well, I these, would hope so. Sometimes, sometimes these things, they uh, when we think that they're going to happen, then they don't happen. That's true. That's true. We've been burned before. Mm-hmm. But we always rebound. That's right. And rebound. I thought this was good. I thought this was good. Rebound. Re- rebound. Knicks are back. I'm, I've been playing with this thing the entire time. Have you? You know, yeah. all the time I usually do it, but I don't even have the strength in me. I usually, a lot of times. I do. Record, yeah, I do see you do that. Yeah, I do this a lot. I, I don't even have the strength in me to do it. Yeah. You you do look better now compared to the start of the show. You have a, you have like more life in your face. Yeah. Well, this shit pumps me up. I, this is like, one you know, getting to do this with you and talking to everybody in the chat and whatnot. I, I love it so much. So it kind of just perks me up a little bit plus i've been drinking fruit punch the whole time too so good and i love fruit punch love it we'll see you next week keep on bleeding blue next week's draft week so get excited yes get get very excited have a great night fuck tiki barber